0: To the Shiz Diggity Podcast. I am your host Al Del Deegan,
1: and I am your co-host Ria Haley.
0: On today's episode, we talk with Marissa Grandin, and she tells us a little story that happened to her—a bit of a tragedy in her life—and how she turned that around into a more positive experience, and how she learned to heal uh, from that experience. We also dive in a bit to her art and why she became an artist and what it means to her and uh, hope you enjoy it. So let's get started. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Today we have another special episode with with a wonderful guest. Her name is Marissa Grandin. Uh, Marissa is a friend and an, a brilliant artist, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Thank you for joining us, Marissa.
2: Hi, Al. Hi, Ria. Thanks so much for having me on your show today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, so the, the topic of this uh, episode, I think we're thinking about talking a little bit more on the concept of coming out of your comfort, comfort zone, but more tied to how people can do that and, and use it as a method of healing and so, Marissa, I think that you had um, a little bit of a story to kind of kick us off, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I do. I have it um, something that had happened to me unexpectedly. It's almost two years ago. It's actually going to be two years coming up September. Um, and it was a very, I guess, a tragic experience, tragic accident that Over time, I downplayed it, how much it really affected my life, and I was always in such denial, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, until one day, looking back, I kind of realized how much my life had changed because of this one incident. and I just went, wow, I need to pay attention to what's going on here, I need to do some healing, I need to be honest with myself, really, about how this affected me and my life, and I need to change. I didn't know how to go about doing that, Um, but I guess I'll get a little bit more into that aspect of it later. Um, the, The accident happened about two years ago, and it was involving my dog. So I'll just kind of preface that to say my dog is fine now. She's okay. But at the time, it was a very, very scary experience for me. Um, do you want the details yeah, of what if happened? If you're okay with Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can talk about it now without crying. So I think I've <laughs> overcome that. We a got Kleenex. <laughs> okay, good. Um, it was a night just like any other night. I was getting ready to take my dog out for our evening walk. And uh, normally we would just, you know, take about 10, 15 minutes, walk to the park, stay there for half an hour, come home no big deal. We do this every single night. And this night, for whatever reason, I I don't know if I felt lazy or what it was, but instead of just her regular leash that hooks onto the, her collar around her neck, I wanted to be hands-free. I could like walk and text and kind of be in my own world, you know? So I put on my jogging leash, which is attached to my hip. And I put on the halter for my dog. So my, the leash went from my hip to, um, to in front of her chest. So it wasn't around her neck, which I think ultimately saved her life. Uh, so we're going out on this walk. I'm in a neighborhood, a residential area. It wasn't quite dark yet. There was still visibility. We were in a school zone and I come up to a crosswalk. I stopped you know I waited I was aware and I'll, I'll do my best to kind of describe what happened um, I was at the intersection and a car from my right was coming towards me but they began to slow down and I assumed they were slowing down because they saw me standing there waiting Whereas the car to my left was coming up really quick. So I remember grabbing onto the leash, making sure my dog wasn't going and I waited like, so they they ended up seeing me and they stopped abruptly for me to pass. Okay, so we've got this fast car that stopped, this one that was slowing down and I proceed. I get about halfway through this crosswalk and the car to my left just lays on their horn, startles me so I look left, didn't grab onto the the leash which was attached to my hip and I look left so my attention is that way my dog is on the right and the car from the right hand side just suddenly speeds up and smokes my dog so she she hit my dog in the head the shoulder kind of area and because we were attached at the leash my dog flew in front of me, across me, hit the ground, I hit the ground. And a lot like in that second was kind of a blur. Um, I just remember seeing my dog on the ground. She was unconscious and I thought she was dead. And this was always the really hard, this is the hard part for me to talk about here was that moment. Um, I panicked. You never really know what, what you're going to do in a situation like that. And it was just like, in one moment, my entire world just like came crashing down because this dog, this little dog, means everything to me. I can give you guys a little backstory and into how she came into my life as well. Um, I started screaming, and there was people. Everywhere, Suddenly, we were just surrounded. Like, all cars had stopped in all four directions. And this woman, thank goodness, she ran up to me and just instantly started calming me. Because I wasn't even aware that I was screaming. And she just calmed me down and made me realize my dog was moving. Okay. (laughs) My dog's not dead, but this still could be, you know, like a million things are going through your head. And I'm just like, I need to get out of here. Get me out of here as fast as I can. We've got to get her to the vet. There was a, a, a girl, an acquaintance I knew from the dog park of all places that she was there with like, she was a couple cars back. I don't know if she exactly saw the accident, but she, she recognized me and my dog and she came to my aid as well. Like it's absolutely incredible like how people will come together and help you in those moments. Cause I was hysterical and um, I recognized her and I, you know, I knew her, so I just, leave like can you take us to the park and my mind wasn't anywhere else or not to the park sorry to the uh to the vet and you know i'm not thinking like oh she probably has a place to be you know i'm just like get us to the vet and um, we we loaded my car, or I can't even talk this whole experience, just gets me like takes me right back there. Sorry. Um, we loaded my dog into her car, and she ended up getting the information of the woman. And, like I at the in those moments, like didn't care, right? I wasn't thinking of anything future other than let's get to the vet. So good Samaritans, good citizens, they came to my aid and really took care of me. We ended up getting my dog to the vet. And it, you know, it was a miracle, like no broken bones or internal bleeding the whole time I'm sitting there like, oh my God, oh my God, like what am I going to do if something happens to my dog? Not realizing like, oh, I've also been injured. <laughs> and that pain came after, right? Once I kind of stopped worrying, you know, once I heard my dog was okay, it was like, oh, like. I can't really walk so well. Like this, you know, I'm I'm starting to bruise and the pain is starting to come through. And it was all just like such a whirlwind. And I, my sister came to my aid. I remember calling her, and she was like already in bed and she was there for me in a heartbeat. And and the the girl that took me to the vet stayed with me, and everybody was just so kind and willing to help. And um like moving forward over time, my, my dog, you know, she definitely had some issues. It took a while for her to, to heal, and I was trying to heal physically, so I was very much involved in, you know, I've got to take care of this, the injuries that I have. I, you know, it was affecting my work. I couldn't work and all these things, so I was just very, very focused on the physical side of things getting better physically and taking care of my dog you know she oh bless her little heart um she doesn't show pain you know the animals they don't show pain the same way that we do but i could i could tell like her behavior changed slightly she just wasn't herself and she was young she was two years old when this happened and i kept you know again downplaying the accident like I'm stronger than this it's mind over matter I can heal from this physically and it was so focused on that that I really neglected the emotional side of things I wasn't paying attention to how it was really affecting my emotional state which started spilling out into every area of my life I wasn't correlating this so for you know a year and a half my life started really crumbling and falling apart and it didn't dawn on me for the longest time that this is where it was stemming from. So even though, you know, I still had pain from the accident, but I was getting better. The emotional side of things is a completely different healing process from the physical side then. And that's kind of that takes me to where I am now and the journey and where I am now is like, I'm still working on overcoming that tragic accident and, um, can, being,
0: can you describe a little bit, uh, um, how the it, it emotional, how the emotions were, was it, was it a fear? Like, were you having trouble? Um, were you having bad dreams at night? Were you, you know, not able to walk, across that particular intersection again without feeling weird like what kind of things were you going through
2: yeah a little bit of everything a little bit of all that so definitely that side of the accident it happened in the neighborhood where i lived like i avoided that at all costs Um, I was having nightmares. In these nightmares, I, you know, I would dream that something super tragic would happen to my dog, and I'm waking up crying in the middle of the night, like searching for her, and you know, only finding relief, knowing, okay, that was just a dream. Um, and the weirdest thing, well, I say weird now because I developed a lot of anxiety over the guilt. So I had this huge amount of guilt that I should have. Been better. I should have protected my dog better. If I had only looked right a second time, you know, I could have prevented all this. So I just held so much guilt to where I would worry anytime I wanted to leave my house. I had this guilt. I'm leaving my dog alone. I wouldn't leave her longer than, you know, three or four hours, you know. And I hear people all the time like, oh, my dog goes eight hours, nine hours, no problem. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I would feel so bad. I couldn't do that. And, And then it started getting stranger I guess for me it was not my normal was I was so worried that I was going to do something to put like not purposefully but to put my dog in danger like leave the stove on or leave my hair straightened or plugged in and leave the house that something bad would happen it would be my fault so there's times multiple times I you know I'm getting ready to go out I'm in the taxi I'm halfway to my destination. I made that taxi turn around, take me home. So I was doing all these really weird behaviors. You know, I'd get to work and and luckily I only lived a couple blocks away from my house, but I couldn't be at work. I'd have to go home and check on my dog, you know, like take a break. And like, I just have to go make sure that I didn't leave something on. I didn't do something. So it was really disrupting my life or, you know, if I made it out for a night with friends, I would cut that night short just to go home and make sure my dog was okay And it took me a surprisingly long time to kind of put these puzzle pieces together and going like, Marissa, this isn't an okay behavior. This is not what a a healthy mindset type person would be doing. And that's when I kind of took a step back and was like, whoa, is this how I want to live the rest of my life? Because it's only getting worse. It's going to get worse. And I, I sought help from that so that's kind of where this whole healing journey began and whatever happened to the driver like
1: did was she ever held accountable like did she ever explain what the heck was going through her mind when she did this Uh,
2: i don't know i think that's another difficult part is um i guess the way the law works is that we could never prove or say that she hit me Like, I think maybe she might have ran over my foot a little bit, but like, it was a blur for me. All I know is that, like, I had injuries. I don't know if it was from that or not. 100% sure is that, uh, that we're sure of is that she hit my dog. And under the law, my dog is my property. So there could be charges pressed. I have yet to hear anything on that. I don't really know. I don't know if it was a distracted driving, if she was on the phone, or what it was, because she slowed down, and then suddenly accelerated, and I had three people telling me all the same thing, so I don't know if it was like she heard the honk and was like, oh, you know, someone's behind me, I have to speed up, you know, she just wasn't aware, um, and it's actually taken me <laughs> quite some time to get to that place of being like, you know, it wasn't malicious she didn't do it on purpose you know she probably feels just as bad as i do um but at the time well you I were in, a, you <laughs> in an
0: inter- intersection correctly correct
2: yes <laughs> so
0: so at the very least she'd failed to a stop for a pedestrian in a crosswalk at an intersection right? and so in that a the, school zone and in where, a school zone yeah. so at the very least she's got traffic fines coming towards her or should anyway yeah but uh you know Um, that's kind of a scary situation but enough about her she's just a a player in the in the story Mm. but about you um, you've identified that your your behavior had changed and you were living in essentially a a level of fear Mm -hmm. what was your what was your first move towards resolving the issues and and be healing
2: from it Uh, so seeking help so I sought uh, a therapist essentially, um, someone that I went to weekly to start talking about this. And it was, she really became kind of like a mirror for me to show me the things like, okay, like these behaviors, like they're not your normal. It's not, you know, like it's definitely something that's developed since the accident. And she was able to really put, things and words and and put it in a perspective for me to understand, like, I don't have to live like this. And so we started doing like exposure therapy, you know, try this and see what happens. Go here, go to the place of the accident, try it and see what happens, right? Because in your mind, you start to build up as like this place of the accident. It was like, this is a bad place bad things happen here and every time i thought about it it would get worse and worse and worse so by proving that wrong essentially to myself i was able to see you know it was a one time freak accident that was not on purpose and it it just helped me realize like, okay, just because one bad thing happened this one time doesn't mean that every single time I I leave the house, something bad is going to happen again. You know, it was a a freak accident. It really was. And so starting to see that, you know, just having that self-reflection and going, okay, like what was my life like before the accident? If my goal here is to just To get my life back to the way it was. How was it different? What was I doing differently? And a big part of that was going out and trying new things, going out and meeting new people. And I realized I'd been so scared. Like I locked myself in my house for almost an entire year. I lost a lot of friends, you know, there's, you know, the good ones that stick around that understand and they're there for you, but you know, they invite me out all the time. Nope. Nope. no. Nope. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Um, and well, if I did, it would be cut short. And if I couldn't do it with my dog, I wasn't going. And I realized like, how hindering that was to me. Like I love my dog definitely, but I, you know, I think a social life is pretty important, um, as well. And just having a balance really is kind of, what I was realizing I needed back into my life.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And so when it comes to, you know, moving outside of your comfort zone, your comfort zone was really, really restrained and very, very small. (laughs) Yes. It was like sitting in your house with your dog. (laughs) Yes. So what sort of things have you done since then now that you're, you're trying new things?
2: Um, one of the major things I did was I joined a women's group, a women's circle, um, It was just, you know, for me, that was kind of like a safe space. Other women would get together about twice a month just to come together, um, talk about anything. You know, no topic is off the table. You know, we either, you know, food, whatever it is. Um, We do guided meditations together as a group. Um, and I remember like the first day going, you know, I'm getting ready to go probably like three hours before. Cause I'm already so nervous. I'm, like, I don't know why, you know, looking back at it now, it's just like, you're just going to go hang out with some people. Like I didn't know anybody there, which was huge for me. Um, and I don't know how many times I almost canceled, you know, I pick up the phone like, Oh, I'm not going to go just go, just go. great. Right? And I think I ended up showing, I was the very first person there, <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, I'll be okay. I'll be like a couple minutes late. And then I won't be the first one. I was like, Nope, I'm the first one there. Um, first time I ever met the host and a super sweet girl. And I ended up, I think it was a small group the very first time I went, but Connecting to other people was huge for me. I had spent so much time alone. I didn't even know that I was craving conversation and company of other women and other like minded individuals. And just to be in a space with human beings and not just my dog was like, wow, like this is really what I'm craving. And afterwards, I felt so good about it. You know, going the second time becomes easier and easier. And now I have this amazing group of women that I can, you know, if I ever needed anything or advice or whatever, I know I could call on any of them. Right. So it's just like what should have been something like so easy and simple to do was huge, huge for me. And it was life changing. And so now I, you know, starting that one thing, joining this women's group, I'm like, okay, now maybe I can go to a more public space or saying yes to new projects. Um, it's uh, definitely taking me out of my comfort zone and making me realize and really see like what I'm missing out on. I'm not so afraid anymore to go out. The world isn't such a scary place anymore. Um, I don't have to worry about my dog. I know she's always going to be taken care of. So even though she can't come with me to these groups... I don't feel so guilty anymore. Whereas before I would just like, Oh, she's by herself. I feel so bad for her. And then my mind would be there. It wasn't present. It was never, I was never in the present moment. And I just feel like a, a weight has been lifted. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, this is what it's like to have friends again.
0: (laughs) Well, I suspect your, your, I don't know for sure, but I suspect your dog is probably happier too because they take on the emotions and feelings of their owners. And Mm -hmm. if you're, worried about the dog being safe and, and coddling the dog or whatever, the dog's going to act accordingly. Yeah. And when you're when you're a little more confident and you're going out and doing things, the dog is going to accept that and go, okay, I guess we've moved on. Okay, now.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, even just like taking a page from her healing book, it was like, you know, I could watch her and she'd seem to be okay. And this was in like the initial kind of beginning stages. But if she felt bad or she was in pain, she went and rested you know she listened to her body she went and put herself down but it was you know a gradual process and watching her even um I've taken her to doggy daycare about once a week and the trainer there you know she noticed right away you know okay she's not quite better yet she's just gonna you know she's there but she doesn't have to participate in the doggy playtime. and we would have these days where it'd be like huge breakthrough she's like Luna played today with all these dogs. She acted like she was fine. And it was just like, she's not afraid to jump back in there. She just needed to heal her mm-hmm. body first. But, you know, it's not like, like I don't know, maybe it would have been a good thing if she was afraid of cars But mm-hmm. <laughs> after this. But, she, you know, it just one bad accident didn't ruin her entire life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, taking a page from, from Hashtag
0: her, be like my dog. Yeah. <laughs>
2: When I grow up, I want to be like my dog. Um, Yeah, that's you. And it just like, I feel lighter. I feel happier. And like you said, so does she.
0: That's
2: cool. So do you think there
1: were any gifts that you gained from this experience? Oh, probably plenty.
2: (laughs) So some things that I think that um, some valuable lessons coming out of this is um, paying attention to myself. The way I'm feeling and not just writing it off. You know, I was just like telling myself, like, oh, nobody died from this accident. It wasn't that bad. So I was constantly underplaying it. And by doing so, I was really ignoring how much of an impact it really did have on my life and ignoring my own emotions, ignoring, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be okay. I'm just going to put on my happy face. And I think by doing that, it can almost be more damaging Mm -hmm. or you're prolonging the healing because I'm just sugarcoating it and putting a mask over that saying, you know, it's not so bad. It'll be fine. it will go away. It won't go away. Mm -hmm. And it didn't go away. So I think just really listening to myself, honoring the way I feel, no matter how horrible it is. And just paying attention to those things, I think it's um, so many people do that. Like, oh, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, well, they, or they, judge their feelings. Like, yeah. there's no wrong feelings. You feel the way you feel. It's the mm-hmm. actions you take regarding those feelings that need to be looked at. Right. And I think what what Ria is alluding to possibly is you know everything happens for a reason. So to kind of reword her question a little bit, but prior to Prior to that accident happening to today, um, is there anything about you that's changed in, in a significant change that that's would be a, a positive significant thing? Significant change. Were you, you know, willing to try try new things and stuff before that accident? Were you
2: to an extent, I was, but now, yeah, I think the positive that's come out of that is like. I'm not going to let this ruin or dictate the rest of my life. And I think I've really kind of stepped into that role of, I can make changes. Nobody else is gonna do this for me. Um, I have to get through this. And the way to do that is, you know, throwing myself into uncomfortable situations and just seeing what happens. It's like, you know, it's not so scary. Well, I mean, it's, it's scary, scary, but, but it's, it's not, you know, the accident-ridden anxiety that I once had. They're completely different situations, but just getting out into the world and, and seeing the good side mm-hmm. you know the good side of people that you know bad things don't always happen um, I think that would probably be yeah. sure. so
0: have, have since you since you started getting out there and trying new things and coming out of your comfort zone has anything horrible happened no <laughs> so it's you're you're kind of proving to everybody in the audience and Rhea and I have been harping on this for multiple episodes is, is you just have to take control of your own life and not blame other people, other things, other events, circumstances, circumstances. There's a lot of people who um, are blamers and they talk about, you know, I couldn't do this because so-and-so does this or "Uh, so-and-so, you know, treated me this way and now I'm a different person. And it's the truth is that you're 100% in control, just like you said, of how you feel, how you react, um, the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And, it's almost like on our previous episode for the Age of Souls and Enlightenment, we talked about how people sort of are going through life and there's there's young souls and old souls and how there's a point in your life where you're eventually going to get to where you would start to achieve some enlightenment, some, some sort of spiritual growth. And I've, I think I've said this before. I really believe that that's when you start taking control of yourself and your mm-hmm. feelings and realizing that everything that happens in the world is something that you did or something that you were responsible for, mm-hmm. instead of blaming other people for things that have happened to you. To me, that's kind of like from level zero to level one. Is like I now realize I'm responsible for my life and what's happening.
1: Yes, well, I agree and disagree with you because um, sometimes random stuff will happen. You know, like I don't believe that we are manifesting absolutely every second of every day, the experiences that we're having, the experience is just the, the meaning that we attach to whatever it is that, that happened. So I think it's a bit of both. I think on some level, we do manifest certain experiences. Like, for example, if you have beliefs about um, the, you know, romantic partners, then you tend to manifest people that will fulfill those beliefs. And as well, random stuff happens and sometimes it's pleasant and sometimes it's not but it's whatever um, meaning you attach to it and if you're willing to um, roll with the punches you know to go this happened it it was an accident and it's time for me to look after myself like Marissa did I think you you'll come out ahead yeah
0: exactly and I I do agree with you I'm not I'm not really suggesting that every single thing on earth is, is direct result of the, what, what you manifested. I have no proof of that. Um, but how you deal with things is what, what I'm kind of referring to. Like Marissa could have held a great deal of anger towards that driver Mm. and said that, you know, this person, because of this person, I can't do this anymore. And because of this person, you know, and, and lived in that, fear of stuff and regret and, 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 you know, and always attached the things that bad happened to her life to that mm-hmm. driver of that car but she didn't she she looked at it in a totally different way She she's reached a level of spiritual enlightenment where she can say okay well that was interesting that was an experience and you know at the time i felt this way but now i realize you know yeah. they're, they're, those are her own words almost Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's
2: like that. uh, The victim mentality right? is like, oh, life happens to me. I have no control. You know, other people are out to hurt me. Or you can look at it and say, I happen to life. I, you know, you might not have control over every single situation. Like, you know, I go over the accident again and again in my head and say, if, you know, if it only looked this way or that way. like at the time I took every safety precaution that I thought was correct at that time. So you know, letting go of that guilt and that what ifs and, you know, bad stuff happens sometimes that we have zero control over. It doesn't matter how many safety steps we take. Sometimes they just happen. And yeah, I was angry for a very, very long time with this person. You know, it wasn't so much about like my pain, but it was my dog. Like (laughs) I worried more about her almost. And Just, you know, I didn't want to be a victim of life. It was like I was a victim in this accident. This one-time freak accident doesn't mean I have to be a victim forever. Now it's up to me to decide how I want to move on from this. Do I want to go, you know, the dark side of things and go down this tunnel of depression and be there and be miserable? Because I was there for a while and it was awful. Mm. Or... I can pick myself back up again and say, Hey, like I've learned these lessons. I've moved on. You know, I'm an even more cautious driver. I'm always watching for pedestrians and that's not always a bad thing, you know? So they're just looking at the positive side of things and, and trying to move on that way. And, I think there's been for myself even more growth. I'm not just getting my life back to where it was before, but I'm taking it a a step further now going, I'm capable of so much more. Let's see where this stepping out of my comfort zone can take me, Mm -hmm. see what other kind of opportunities will come my way. If I just say yes and stop being so afraid of everything all the time. Mm -hmm. You go girl. I feel like we need
0: a cheer right now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Tragic things happen to pretty much everybody in the world, and it's it's a matter of how you get through that. Um, you know, we we talked a, f- a few times on previous episodes about uh, PTSD, post traumatic st- stress disorder, and stuff right. like that. There's there's psychological things that happen to a human mind. You know, those tragedies can can sit there and fester for years and years and years, and affect your life in many many different ways. Some subtle, some more pronounced but having that ability to stand back and look at things and realize that there's a there's a way you can change things and the way you can heal from things is is a really powerful place to be and uh, it's really awesome that you're thinking that way and that this experience that you had is now behind you and you're moving forward with all these exciting things going on I think that's pretty cool
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely been a very interesting two-year journey and like i said the accident you know the anniversary is coming up in september so i'm kind of starting to think of ways to to mark it as a celebration and not as like oh it's a two-year anniversary of this tragic thing it's like no it's, my dog is still alive yeah i'm okay like let's celebrate um so just You know, and it's been a process, it's been a long process of switching to that positive mindset. Um, And I just highly encourage anybody, if you're going through something like this, just to know that it doesn't have to be a forever thing. You do have power. It's in you and don't be afraid to ask other people for help. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be where I am right now without the support system of my family, my therapist, like even my boss is insanely understanding and helpful, like everybody just, they get it. And so I'm grateful for, for them in my life. And i feel like i've gotten to know myself a lot better too when you dive down into those deep dark pits of you know just like not wanting to talk to anybody you don't want to get out of bed just being afraid of everything you know getting to know that dark side of me has allowed me to appreciate being in the lighter side of stuff and seeing right you kind of get in touch with both sides the light and the dark side and um And now that I'm aware of that, I can choose, right? You have that choice of which one you want to go, which path you want to go down. And so. Cool. Yeah. On the light side. Yay (laughs) Yay for light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Marissa, I think that at this point we can uh, probably start wrapping up the show, but I am like a huge, huge fan of your art and I, so. I want everybody to know on this episode i want everyone to know that we're going to put some links in the show notes to your um places where people can see what you do so you have kind of um two kind of major pieces of art that you do so you have your your chakra paintings right. and then you have sort of your feathers and nude mm. figure draw uh, paintings yeah. which are so <laughs> like unbelievable so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into art, maybe the, the shorter version the short of it version
2: of <laughs> and, 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 and what it, what
0: it is to you. Like, is it a, is it a, a f- just a form of expression or is it a form of healing? Is it a form of uh, like, what is it to, what
2: does art mean? What to does you? art mean to me? Um, for me, art is life. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be me without a pencil, a paintbrush in my hand, a pen, whatever it is. Um, I know I just tell people I was born this way (laughs) and I just I always knew from a very young age I was going to be an artist it was a a passion it was just what I did and so I there was no other option for me I I went down this route and as I I got older I went to art school I also went to school to be a a teacher so I can teach art Um, just as long as art is in the picture I'm happy and
0: pun intended
2: <laughs> yes um, so um, I've been out of university for many years and I have my own art practice and over time I I just exploring different mediums. I really fell in love with watercolor, but I also really love like ink, like black, dark ink. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, found a way to kind of combine the two. So I have these really, really bright colors juxtaposed to just blacks. And so I kind of, I developed my own style by layering watercolor pen, some ink, and I never really know where the image is going to go I might start with an idea in my head and let the the picture take me uh, so I can create mostly my favorite things to create are animals, nature I do, you know Anything kind of like organic, natural, and that's where I would put the the nudes fall into that category as well. Anything that you know might sound cliche that I find beautiful, um, I want to paint it. That what inspires me. I love color, um, and then on the other side of things, I am also involved in energetic healings, and I really I love art therapy. I love the idea of using. Art as a means to help people heal. Because for me, I've always had art. Whenever I was, you know, had some kind of issue to work out, I would be painting. You know, so as I'm painting, the hours are just flying by and mentally I'm working through whatever emotions I need to work through, through my art. So it was just went hand in hand with me naturally. And, you know, as a teacher, I still really have this need, this desire to share what I do with people. And so I developed, I call it etherical arts. So it's a combination of using the ethereal body, the energetic body and empirical knowing that just observing um, finding out answers just through your own senses and experience so I kind of just made up my own word for that and I smushed it together and I have etherical arts and I I paint energy and I help other people paint energy and I also have my artwork I use it as a tool to facilitate energetic healing for example if we're Uh, working with we'll say for example the first seven main chakras they all are different colors and they resonate on different color frequencies but a lot of people when they're first starting to learn to meditate you tell someone to close your eyes and you know picture purple or picture blue whatever it is a lot of people have a hard time visualizing that at first in their mind's eye and that's where my art comes into play is you have this color it's Textured, it's thick, it's beautiful, it's shiny, you know, it's a 3D kind of representation of what an energetic chakra should be. So you can gaze upon it before getting into your meditation practice. And then as you close your eyes, that color is there. It's easier. So it's just to ease the process for people. And then I I can do any color, I can tap into, you know, any kind of, or any chakra, any energy issues that people are having and create specific pieces of art to help somebody, you know, say if you, you know, having a hard time staying grounded while you sleep. You know, we'll use reds for the root chakra to help ground you. Put it in your bedroom so you have it with you while you're sleeping to help keep you grounded in those areas. So, I have quite that's a cool. few different. <laughs> I could go on and on and on about yeah. it. Um, I'll call that my short version there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's basically what I what I do in my practice. So, if
0: someone's interested in your um your your color chakra healing art and someone's interested in your other paintings and drawings and ink art where would they go to find that
2: well i do post everything on my main um art instagram account that's kind of my main central hub where i go for everything it's called my handle is marisco m-a-r-i-s-s-c-o um Or you can just look at Marissa Grondin art, but that's the main one. And I do have an extra Instagram for Art, and you can find that just by going to Marisco on Instagram. Um, That would be the main place I would send people to go. You can message me there. You can find out all kinds of information from my Instagram.
0: And sooner or later, after I keep kicking your butt, you're going to finally get your website finished. Yes, so.
2: it's been under construction for a very, very long time. And <laughs> you're not the only one <laughs> kicking my butt to get it up and running. And what's so. the
0: uh, URL for that? So when it's once it's up, everybody can go see it.
2: Once it's up and running, it will be marissagrandon.com.
0: Okay, very cool. Anything else, Ria?
2: No, that's it. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. That this, this has been quite the uh, wonderful podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, Marissa, for joining us.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me on your show and allowing me to share my story with you.
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share and give us a rating. Uh, we love to hear your comments. The show and all the accompanying notes related to each episode can be found at shizdigity.com. That's S-H-I-Z-D-I-G-G-I-T-Y.com. Uh, So please check that out. So until next time, uh, this is Al and Ria and Marissa saying, choose happiness.
1: Thank you.